What's up, what's up, my highness queens? We are back with another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. And I'm gonna just, let me just say, I just recorded this intro and it was beautiful. Let me tell you, it was just so organic and beautiful. And then I look and it's not recording. So I'm hoping that this second time is just as beautiful. Um, this is, this is why you don't smoke while you're hooking up the microphone. Just heads up for future possible podcasters out there. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, uh, this episode is special because it was my very first group session. So more than just me and one other person, it was actually me and three other people and they are the Stash Queens. Um, Stash Queens is actually a group of five women in New York who are building their way to a retail dispensary. Um, but we had three of them come on the episode. Three of them were available for recording, Shawnee, Jamila, and Elle. And it was really just a great time. Like we laughed, we, we talked about some shit, um, many laughs, you know, we smoked and let me tell you just real quick, Elle read a letter from her grandma during the high blessings and it was probably the most beautiful thing that I've ever heard in my life. And so I just, I just am so like touched by it. that I had to even mention it here. So please make sure you at least get to the part of the high blessings so you can hear Elle's letter because it's going to feel like your grandma is talking to you. Like very beautiful. Um, anyways, so they give us their origin story. We talk about what it's like working with other black women and building with other black women. And then this episode was actually recorded in June. Uh, I I went into the vault for y'all real quick. And so it was recorded right after the finals, the NBA finals. So of course we talked about basketball because y'all know I'm a diehard Celtics fan. And then Shawnee is uh, currently located in Boston. So of course she's a Boston fan too. Like we clicked, like it was amazing. Uh, yeah. So before we get into the episode and because this episode is going to release on Thanksgiving, I thought it fitting to, uh, take a moment and let y'all know how absolutely amazingly grateful and thankful I am for each and every single one of you, um, whether it is just listening to an episode, telling a random person on the street about the podcast, liking, comment, subscribing, uh, following, uh, buying an intentional highness journal. Um, if you're somebody who's like directly in my ecosystem, if it's just listening to me talk and ramble about all things podcasting and how I'm going to build this empire. I want every single one of you to know that I am so thankful for you because I never thought like I'm not, we're not, we haven't built the community as big as I want it yet. But let me tell you, I would have never thought I would be here. And, um, your support means the absolute world to me. So with that said, Let's keep smoking. Let's keep building. Let's keep busting down doors, breaking tables, building our own tables. Okay. Cause you know, that's what we talk about with the stash queens, building tables 
uh, building generational wealth because, you know, a dispensary is something you could pass on. It's a great conversation, but I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you and that I'm grateful for all of you. So now that we're done with all the mushy stuff, I hope y'all have a wonderful Thanksgiving and let's light a blunt and get into this episode. Okay, so let me introduce who came to smoke with me today. Today is special because I've never had a group session before, and that's what we have today. We have three lovely ladies, uh, New York and Boston, right? Um, and so we we got us a real sister smoke session here. Like we we I'm loving this vibe right now. Um, <laughs> So we have three ladies here with us of the stash queens. And I, if I'm correct, there's five of you, right? Yeah. Um, yes. So we have three lovely ladies here. Did you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves real quick? Your name, what you do um, in terms of stash queens and um, how you, what's your relationship with cannabis? So I'll, I'll kick us off. My name is Jamila. I am um, our fearless or sometimes fear-filled CEO. Um, and I guess what was my relationship to cannabis? Um, Shawnee, who's also on here, is also my baby sister. Um, and I was like, they we, look so much alike. <laughs> <laughs> we actually grew up uh, with two Rastas for parents. And while one should never assume that a Rasta smokes the herbs, our parents most certainly do. Um, so we were raised in a household um, where there was reggae music and ganja smoking on a daily basis. Um, and uh, one could say that our, our mother was also a legacy operator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, and I'm, I'm inferring um, that she had, she was growing herself. She wasn't growing, but she was definitely on the, uh, the, the retail side, we'll say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, following in mom's footsteps. Yes, exactly. Before they were legal and after. I love it. Family legacy. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, that was, I would say that is my, my early relationship to cannabis. And then I am L. Um, and originally from Philadelphia, been living in New York for about eight years. Um, and I, my role in the company is as chief partnership officer, um, and really going to be, uh, helping to lead our government and community affairs outreach. So, you know, making sure that the elected officials and other really important community stakeholders um understand who we are and really want to partner with us um and to introduce cannabis in you know new and exciting ways for folks that might not necessarily be down for it um and then just my personal relationship with the plant is that of a student um i have a lot of reverence um for the plant and what it has done for my life personally um and so i'm just you know, I'm constantly learning um, all of the different ways in which um, we can use the plant to better the world and ourselves. I love that. 
I love the student of the plant, like uh, always learning and always trying to find the best way to make this beneficial to you, your body, and also everyone else out there. Love it. And then um, our last guest is Shawnee. Hey guys, um, I am Shawnee, a, obviously a member of the Stash Queens. Um, my role will be more of a like retail operations kind of deal. I'm currently working in the cannabis industry in Massachusetts, um, where I'm an assistant manager for an MSO at a retail location. Um, so, and as we heard, you know, Jamila and I grew up in a Rastafarian household. Um, the plant has kind of always been something that I've respected. Um, I, I see what it can do for people and what it has done for people. And I'm really excited that more people are going to get to experience it, um, in a, in a space where they feel comfortable doing so. Yes. I love that. I, um, so quick question, Boston and New York, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and both those states are fully legal, right? I know New York is, but I'm not sure about Massachusetts. Yeah, Massachusetts is as well. Okay. Look at all this fully legalness on one episode. Normally, I have, like, me here in California, like, you know, living life. And then I have somebody who is in a state that's definitely not fully legal. And so there's all these crazy hoops that they have to jump through. And I'm like, no, I don't know that life. And I never want to again. You know because... what's so interesting is thinking about, like, kids who will never grow up having it be a drug mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know kids never experiencing that kind of framing yeah no day it's always going to be something that is accessible available um you know just in the different way you know i really think about you know when we talk about our relationships to it like you know, how I had to, like, go on the hunt for weed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I have a lot of, like, very, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for how I had to go about doing that um, and a lot of love for how I had to go about doing that process with friends. Um, but, yeah, I mean, now it's, it's, it's going to be a time now where folks are going to understand where their plant came from, from seed to sale. And that, to me, is beautiful. It makes it safer. Um, and it just gives it more, gives everybody more opportunity to actually just chill and also just learn more and have the knowledge that they really need to know um, yeah. about what I, I am a, 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 a child of the D.A.R.E. era. So it was like stuff down our throats that weed is a drug and don't do drugs. So to like think about what it would have, what my relationship may um, have looked like differently growing up if it was now versus back then when it was like this huge thing like don't ever do it you're gonna be like this horrible person that never amounts to anything if you do if you smoke weed and then now there's like yeah let's get high and like study and like go to college and like you know yeah. make our bodies feel better and do whatever the fuck we want to do but hi <laughs> those are very different um Framings, like you said, I think that that was a really good word to way to put it. So I do think it'll be very interesting to see like what my kids feel or see growing up with it with the plant. Well, you know, 
Shawnee can speak to this too, but it's like, because we grew up that way and it was very normalized, we never thought of it as a bad thing. We didn't think about it as drugs and, oh, mom and dad do drugs. I remember um, there's a funny story from when we were growing up where um, we were learning, I was in kindergarten and we were learning about plants and herbs and different things. And they were like, raise your hand and tell us some things you can do with herbs. Oh, God. And oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> little Jimmy raises his hand and says, you can cook with them. And somebody else says, you know, well, you can you can use them for teas. And I raise my hand and I'm like, you can smoke them. <laughs> and they were like, no, no, you know, <laughs> no, no. That, that's not true. And here, here I go. Yes, you can. My mommy does. <laughs> I was <gonna laughs> all the business. Too. I know it was like, oh, I got one. Let me tell uh -huh. you. And they, they sure enough called her <laughs> and they were like, you know, what you do is your business, but you know, be, be cognizant that you have children around <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, they pick up everything. <laughs> but on some real, but on some real stuff, I mean, you know, a lot of us, I mean, we're, we're black women. So we have a history and lineage of folks, uh, you know, indigenous that you know used certain plants and ingested them in different ways to to gain their benefit in their medicine so it's the fact that they were just so you know prescriptive about what they thought you were smoking i mean you know you could have been smoking some mullen you know well, I mean, that is very true but also i think that's something that like you said black women think about like oh this could be something else but you know if you're not somebody who is in that world, the first thing they're going to think, especially back then, oh, got to be drugs, especially because you're a black child. Oh, I has to be drugs because she's black, so her mom's black, so that has to be drugs, mm -hmm. which I, it's not a drug, so that's not a great way to put it. I still remember when my mom told me that they smoked and I was probably like 10, nine or 10, I had a full on breakdown, like a full on breakdown. Again, uh, dare kid, you know. Because you I know. like, I was like, I heard about this in school and it did not end well. Not end well for me. <laughs> and like, my mom's like, no, calm down. Like, it'll never come before you and your brothers. Like, you, we, this is an extracurricular, you know, and it, it has no bearing on you and your stability. And I still didn't believe him. <laughs> because mm -hmm. they're told me. But as I got older and I saw like, okay, there's nothing has changed in my life since I've learned this. This can't really be as bad as what they're saying. I'm loved, I'm cared for, I'm nurtured. All my needs have, are being met plus beyond like, it don't have nothing, you know, it's probably, exactly. It's the propaganda of, mm -hmm. you know, um, sort of the war on drugs. Um, and we know who's actually benefiting and profiting from some of this stuff, you know, when Most we aren't in control of, you know, what we're doing. So I would like to chime in too on the, on the flip side of this, for me, listening to everything is I have a son who just graduated high school and the rule was in our house, um, here in Massachusetts, you have to be 21 to smoke, uh, or enter the dispensary unless you have a medical card. 
But in our house, the rule is when you graduate high school, you are allowed to partake. And he graduated at 17 and is currently allowed to partake as long as he is being a whole human being. Um, Mm -hmm. He holds a job. He will be starting college in the fall. He plays basketball outside with his friends. He takes care of his dog. He clean. He is giving back to our community in the little ways that he can. And as far as I'm concerned, that makes him a member of the society that can now smoke marijuana. And when he was growing up, I smoked in front of him and we had conversations about it and about how it was my business and something that adults do. <laughs> <laughs> my business right so don't go to school and tell your teacher that you can smoke. <laughs> right. well stays here stays here you know and i'm not hiding in the bathroom with the fan on and the shower running so that the house doesn't smell i am not hiding it it is not something that should be looked down on or taken outside if i choose not to so it's really awesome to now be in a space where like, you know, I'm at work and we talk about what, what weed people smoked over the weekend and what everybody's favorite strain is. And it's just like, so worlds away from what used to be normal. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. How we grew up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, um, I, my parents always went in that room and like, we didn't really know what they were doing ever, like until my mom finally told me. But they like all the adults would go into the room and shut the door. And we're like, what is okay, whatever. We're just gonna go play with our dolls. And then when my mom told me, I was like, so that's what y'all have been doing back there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 at that place with my with my I have three uh kids and uh stepkids, technically. And they now fully know that I smoke and that I smoke in the house, but I also don't yet, haven't crossed that bridge to being like, oh, I'm gonna sit downstairs and like smoke around you while we're watching the basketball game or something. Mm -hmm. Just because it's new for them, I'm their stepmom, and I feel like it's something, and it's new for New York, and it's something that they kind of have to be eased into. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm, it's just, it's, different in my house but i see both i grew up the exact way obviously with Sean, the way shawnee described you know everybody wanted to be at my graduation party because mom was rolling fucking choice <laughs> and passing them <laughs> and in my household that definitely was not happening um, <laughs> at all but you know it's interesting like my my biological father definitely was you know, from stories that I've heard about him was definitely selling, you know, and was part of the legacy market. Um, And, you know, my mom, I think even before she had me sort of went through this phase, you know, she was in a reggae band. She was, you know, she was doing her thing. And that's when she met my dad. And so, you know, she, she got to see it from sort of the side of being with someone that really partook of the plant. Um, But, you know, for her, she's still very much black, middle class, you know, sort of that respectability politics mm-hmm. lens. Um, and so, you know, and also just being a black mother and raising a black daughter, I think she always, you know, wanted to eliminate anything 
from my life that she thought might present an issue or a problem for me later down the line. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think she just sort of held the line. But, you know, as time has gone on, I mean, my mom is taking CBD now. It, you know, like I've just seen in my own family um, and it's been because of conversations that I've had with them, you know, particularly in this last couple of years, as we've been talking about creating this business and starting this business, um, you know, my family are my first customers um, because there's been such hesitation on their end um, previously. So, you know, I'm now talking to my grandmother. My grandmother is 90. Um, you know, I'm making some sad for her as we speak. Uh, to put on her knees and, you know, just talking with her about, again, the language and framing um, around speaking about cannabis. Because um, I think she can, you know, she can handle it and yeah. she's down, you know? I remember the first time I asked my grandma, like, I was like, Grandma, you really need to try this CBD because she was having a lot of pain. And I was like, we've tried everything else and I'm, I'm hating to see you in this pain, telling me, like, please just try it. And she did because she said it helped her. and. You know, CBD is one of those things that you have to find the right one for you, like what may work for the next person won't work for you. Um, so she felt a difference, but it wasn't enough of a difference to make her keep using it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we didn't keep working on her. So I think that's why it kind of fell back a little bit. But to see her actually be like, okay, I'll give it a try. I was like, this plant is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the openings that it can really create Mm -hmm. for folks and, you know, particularly within our families and for healing, like it is medicine for a reason. Um, And so whether it's you ingesting it and taking it topically um, and it providing you with relief, but maybe also it's just opening up conversations that need to be had around Mm -hmm. how we access healing. Um, And so that's what I'm here for. Always. I love that. And then... Um, to, to what you were saying, uh, Jamila, I think it's important to recognize that the conversation that you're going to have with your child or your stepkids or whoever's in your household um, is going to be individual to you and what works for you and your family is not may not work for the next person. And I think it's so important to highlight that because if you try this cookie cutter approach and it's not what is gonna work for you, it's it's going to taint the plant possibly for those people. And so I think it's so important to highlight that you have to take it as a case-by-case basis and do what's best for that child in your family, in your house, just like Shawnee. In her house, it was when he turned, you know, or when he graduated. Um, I know my mom didn't start smoking with me until she found weed in the washing machine. Like she knew I smoked, but we never had the conversation. But then she found a baggie of weed in the washing machine. She was like, what's this? And I was like, mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here now. And ever since then, we smoke together all the time. And it's like one of my favorite things to do with my mom. So it's it's a very um, personal um, journey and choice. And I think that's so beautiful. Um. I love this. There's just so many different stories, so many different ways that people um, commune with the plant. And I think it's just so beautiful hearing that um, from you ladies. So thank you very, very much for sharing. Um, I'm gonna take another hit of my 
thing here. And I'm saying that because I'm probably going to cough. Uh, not dying, but just want to like <laughs> forewarn you. What are you smoking on? Um, yeah, let's do. Okay, so this is Baby Jeter's. Love Jeter's. Love Baby Jeter's. One of my absolute favorite brands. This one is Mojilato. It's a hybrid um, and pre-roll, and it has like the keef on the outside, and then it's in mm-hmm. the <laughs> Both of them, yeah. <laughs> I'm here for this. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my absolute favorite strains, uh, Mojilato. It makes, it's a hybrid. It makes me want to dance. Mm. And like, I don't know what it is about this one, but um, they were out of it for a while and then came back and I smoked it yesterday and immediately just got up and started dancing. And I was like, yes, it really is this strain makes me want to dance. <laughs> So I was like, I think that's going to put me in a good mood for our conversation today. So that is what I am smoking. What are you ladies smoking over there? So I actually, it looks like I, I'm smoking something that's in the Lotto family. Um, I have Dosi Lotto or I have Do Lotto. Oh. <laughs> so, so we share in the Lotto. <laughs> um, look, look, look at us. Good Lord. <laughs> that was gonna make you cough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us being cousins and stuff. Yeah. So I have that, and so that's what I brought with me. But um, Jamila has this. Del- whatever we're smoking is just delicious and smooth. And she's about to tell us. I'm gonna give a shout out to my folks over at Excelsior Cannabis. We've been hooking it up. This one is uh, Jet Fuel. Oh, I like that. Just the name, I would buy it. Mm-hmm. 30% THC and limonene dominant uh, terps. It's oh, delicious. Yes. It's oh, so delicious. <laughs> you said sativa, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jet food, it'll get you going. Yep. That sounds like exactly what I need in the morning with my coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you got, Sean? I am currently working um, my way through my amnesia haze. It is also a sativa. I find that I enjoy anything haze. That does it for me. I like the flavor. I smoke a bowl typically, um, so you can really taste it. So I want something that tastes the way Mm -hmm. it should in my mind. So amnesia haze is what we're working on right now. And I am enjoying it. And this one makes me, I've been um, enjoying this one on my commute to work. And I wouldn't say get up and dance because I'm driving, but it definitely makes me turn my music up and sing along and I'm activated. So <laughs> I, have a dance party in I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, amnesia, that sounds so funny familiar like I may have tried it before I don't know but you know I'm I'm very big on names um, I'm still learning about terpenes and like what exactly works with my body and my endocannabinoid mm-hmm. system but I love going after something for a name um, and amnesia haze that definitely sounds like something I would try but you wouldn't think it would be a sativa right like amnesia makes you forget things yeah so I would 
I would have thought it would be at least a indica leaning hybrid. Yeah, when I saw sativa, I was like, yes, please. I was like, I knew I was trying. And it also, when I was looking at it online, it didn't have the haze on there. It just said amnesia, but it was testing well, and it was like one of the staff picks. And I was shopping quickly, so I was like, well, let's throw that in there. And then I got it, and it actually said amnesia haze, and I was so thrilled. So I will definitely be going back for more. Oh, so you didn't even know it had haze, and then when you got it, it was like, bam, I was meant for you. Like, it was like a, you know, gift. It was just meant to be. I was going to say, you got to love when a plan works out, even though you don't, it's not, even though you don't know it will. Mm-hmm. I said that right? I think I did. A little bit. Exactly. <laughs> Throw it in the bag. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So everybody got the sativa. Everybody's up and ready to go. I mean, it's um, Juneteenth. We black folks. We about to be out. I know. We about to be. We have a whole circuit to hit. We have a circuit of events and people to see and hug and love up on. So they got a bunch of stuff going on out there. Yeah, it's New York. <laughs> we got a summer. We got yeah. So New York just, is the best time to be in the summer. Amazing. I will be honest with you. I honestly have no desire to ever go to New York. <gasps> I don't know. Are Our you ready faces. to get off the right now? <laughs> Are you done right now with me? <laughs> Ma'am. I am extremely claustrophobic. Yeah. I, I do not like crowds. I don't like a lot of people around me. It makes me very, very anxious. And so, like... We won't take you to Times Square, girl. Yeah, oh, that's, not cute. that's what everybody says. They're like, like don't go no. to Times Square and you'll be fine. I'm like, but I've seen movies and it's no. like that everywhere. New Yorkers don't go to Times Square. No. You like, well, I was there last night. I mean, unless you <laughs> unless I absolutely have to be there, I am never there. Although you know, Jamila has now let us know that she is. It was a birthday dinner. Okay, I mean, it just feels together? like everything is so close together. Like, how do you breathe? You like, do. Where's... I mean, you breathe in the neighborhoods, right? Yeah. Like, you breathe when you walk down the block with your. I've got a little yard. I've got a little deck. Oh. Got some, Jill got a huge rooftop. Got a nice, like, little outdoor space, and you know, I mean, we're we're thankful, for, and you know, we also have the park. It's just, you know, that is one thing I do. I would want to see um, is the park. I love being outside in parks. You know what? What can beat Central Park? But um, today yeah. there is a um, an event. It's called the Layout. And it's just probably like a thousand black people with love in the park with music and dancing. Mm -hmm. You don't have nothing like, well, I mean, we have Juneteenth stuff out here, but it's not, um, one, it's not that often. Like you got, I'd be seeing stuff because I have, you know, friends on IG and stuff that are in New York and they're posting stuff up all the time. Like every weekend there's something to do. And I'm like, we no, we just, we just be in the house. No. <laughs> I mean, I be in the house too a lot, um, but in the summer, you know, it's also it's the best time to in be summer, here. It's be just out. the energy, and it's what people, it's what we live for. You know, it's like going through the slog of the winter, being here, and also just now that cannabis is legal here. Just now, already before it was legal, you would, 
you know, walk down the street and you would smell a bloom in the air. But now it's like, you know, any anywhere you're walking in the city, on any corner, you will just smell a bloom. And you're like, oh, you but know. Where is it? So, I mean, and and before it used to be like, oh, who who it is, you know? But now it literally could be anybody. Like yeah. I was literally like on my way, you know, to Jamila's crib today. You know, it was a bunch of old heads like on the corner, like passing it around on a very busy intersection at Eastern Parkway, and like then there were some young people like kind of sitting in the median, also having a chill, and you know, so it was it was nice. I was like, look at this intergenerational intercultural experience that people are partaking in well that's again because the summer it's, it's hot it's, everybody just wants to be outside so yeah and that's what cannabis does it brings people together that's it's Absolutely. another reason why i love the plant it truly is a, a community builder um in more ways than one um i will say that this is probably going to be at least for me the first summer you know that i'm outside because after covid so i'm hoping Mm-hmm. that I can find the joys that y'all have out there, out here. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but... Um, We're cultivating our joys, girl, you know. I love none it. Of, none of these joys are things that are just like, you know, I, I am an active co-creation of creating the joy that I want to see in my life. This is a constant thing that I'm trying to do. Um, and we're still in COVID. I mean, that's the thing. It's like... Yeah. We're all still moving, you know, I just had COVID. So things are moving for everybody um, in this way where, you know, it's incumbent on us to find the things that are going to bring joy to our life, to create community around us um, that are going to be supportive of what we need, you know, because if anything, the last couple of years has really shown how much we need each other. Um, and also, you know, that also means doing things outside and, you know, keeping it safe and keeping it cute. Um, you know, so. Yeah. I, um, I said, I'm going to force myself to go outside because I'm a natural hermit, you know, even before all COVID. And like you said, I, I got to the point where I was like, okay, you have to be an active participant in finding your joy. Like it's not going to just come to you. So that is one of the things on my um, my my four kind of pillars for the year. Joy is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I, I love that reframing that you just did there for me, that I'm an active participant in cultivating my joy, because that is just so true and so easy to forget sometimes. So we, we are very much, uh, I think, taught like, oh, just go, it, you, you'll find it, it'll find you. Now, sometimes you gotta like get up and go and find it yourself, <laughs> like, or at least go outside yeah. so it can find you. Like, you can't find you in the house. Yeah, I mean, you can find a lot in the house. Don't get me wrong, right? Like, you know, being together. I mean, the reason why we're feel, you know, we're laying in the bed right now, chilling. <laughs> you know, I mean, this feels nice. Um, but also, like, there is a world out there of people. I feel like when we move with intention out in the world, we find our people, we find our kin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been able to do that in this big city, you know, like New York is very big, can feel very overwhelming. Um, (laughs) but I have a community of people that I've been able to really intentionally, you know, have some fun with and now create a business with, um, and to lean on when times get hard and to celebrate, celebrate, um, 
the life that we have. So and to get high with. Because sometimes you just want to get high with somebody and talk. All, all the time. time. <laughs> yeah. You know. I agree with all of these things. Um I think you are just over here giving us a word right now. Like I just love it so much. I'm feeling very much inspired. And um that makes me want to get to our high blessing. Um so positive affirmations, positive self-talk is another one of those things on my pillars for this year. Mm. Um, so the high blessings is just something that we want to, um, I completely call in. Completely, <laughs> we all, we spaced out. Let me tell you, <laughs> a friend of ours always says, I have never seen a blessing. I did not want like bring on the blessings i love that you know i ain't never seen a blessing that i wanted to bypass me so bring it on i love it right because i mean can you imagine oh no i can't i really can't <laughs> yeah, i have this blessing for you oh no thank you wait what I don't... and i mean look you know because when it's really meant for you when it's the blessing meant for you it always makes it to you it's a direct descender mm -hmm. um so yeah, let's call in the blessings. Shani, what blessings and affirmations you got for us today? Yes. Today I am going with, I celebrate my victories and embrace my failures as opportunities to learn. I mm. can take anything from something. Like you said, so like I'm not passing up blessings and they may come in the form of me learning something. So mm -hmm. I just try to stay open to all of that and celebrate along the way yeah i think i think um, realizing that the lesson in a a uh, difficult situation is very difficult but also very necessary and sometimes can be more necessary than um not getting whatever it is was you wanted because those lessons can be so invaluable and so intrinsic to who you are going to be that you don't even know, your, your brain can't even fathom, you know, in that moment. But if, if you take the time to figure it out, I guarantee it'll come back to you later and you'll be like, this was why. Mm -hmm. This moment right here was why that moment didn't work out. I my, love that. Uh, my brother once said to me, um, if we, there was an Irish proverb that went, if we all wrote our troubles down on a piece of paper and threw them into the air, we'd be lucky to catch our own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, right? and it's kind of a reminder that what is before you, you're able to overcome. It's something, everything before you is something you can handle. Um, and a reminder, like, you got this. It might be tough, but you got it. I am always so amazed at how the affirmations uh, somehow bounce off of each other. Let's mm -hmm. uh, just whoop, give me chill. That's beautiful. So my affirmation, you know, I'm, as I talked about my grandmother earlier, so she is, you know, my prayer warrior is she's someone that I'm named after. Um, and so, you know, I have a lot of her writing and she's still with us. 
you know? So she has given me her journals um, and she is a philosopher, you know, a kitchen table theologian, I would call her. Um, you know, she, you know, has just a deep reverence for God and for spirit and for people. Um, and so over the last like 40 years, she writes in a journal every morning um, when she wakes up at 4 a.m. You know, she does her prayers, she writes in this journal, um, and then she's given them to me over the years. And so one of my practices is to, you know, daily read, you know, a, a, out of the day of her journal. Um, so usually sometimes what I'll do, I'll like open it either to the day that it is in the present time and sometimes it's a message that she wrote 25 years ago sometimes it's a message that she wrote five years ago um and so one of the things that you know and she you know she prays over me all the time you know like when you ever you know just know of someone that is just someone that is always on your shoulder and i take her with me wherever i go and so she sent me you know this manifestation over my life um, back in 2017 and then she sent it to me and so it's something that I carry with me all the time um, and whenever I'm in need of a pick-me-up I go right into my bag and I pull it out and so it just goes God you know who my baby is thank you God for guiding seal L uh, in her search for new life every day and her reach for new life Bless her abundantly with fabulous, radical, heartfelt relationships in you and in other people. Bless her in the meaning of joy and the explosion of her gifts for self and for others. Um, she is a new thing. So beautiful. So thank you. You know, so that's, you know, that's and she beautiful. just sent that to me. And, you know, so I'm like, Why? well, how can Ooh. I not carry that with me? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, no words. That is beautiful. That is amazing and um, anointed. I would absolutely keep that with me everywhere you go. And I fully understand why you do. <laughs> but, yeah, I am here for all of those things. Um, my high blessing for today. Um, I these are this is actually like a little bit of a, a, a squish together. I have an app on my phone that I absolutely love. Always gives me affirmations right on time. And so these are the last few over the week that have really spoke to me. Um, I am the creator of my own destiny. Mm. I am becoming more productive every day. I shift my thoughts as soon as they start to become negative and I know I can do this. Because mm. I mean, sometimes you just got to tell yourself like, bitch, you know you can do this. Just stop acting Ooh. like you can't. Because you know you can't. So do it. Right. Yes. All of those things really were like on my heart this morning. Uh, consistency is something that I struggle with every day. Mm -hmm. um, so I know I can do it. We know you can do it because you're doing it. We're doing right. it. Right. You know. <laughs> that felt really good. I have to say, uh, El, that that from your grandma. I really touched to like a very special place in my heart. Like if I little little tears mud for a second, I was like, oh my I God. mean, and the thing about my grandma is that she really is everybody's grandma. And so, mm -hmm. you know, 
I share the things that she writes with people all the time, you know, um, because it felt it like really- my grandma was talking to me real quick. Like, I was like, these are some grandma words. <laughs> these are some grandma words and wisdom and love. And you know, when you're 90, you know, when you're old, it all the other stuff don't matter. Yes. You don't care what you, I mean, you know, grandma's so cute and all, but like, She's just really stripped down to like, I'm just here to love. I'm here to teach you and other people how we need to love each other more. And, you know, I'm so grateful to have her. Um, yes. I mean, even just the the word selection that that she used, like the talking about how she wants you to have these amazing relationships. And I'm like, oh, it's just so beautiful. Just, oh, yes. that is just amazing. I, I love that for you. And to have those journals is, such a beautiful blessing, um, and I hope they I hope they continue to bring you the peace and the joy and all that that they um, they are. And Shawnee and Jamila, I also think that your uh, high blessings. I hope those are everything that you guys receive. Mm. Yes, 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 indeed. I do want to do before we get into this blunt talk. I want to I I think it's important that we always check in with each other and um, each other's mental health, um, especially in times like these, even though, like we said, you know, outside is opening up again. So, you know, sunshine's here. It is a little bit easier to be happy when it's sunny out, Um, but mental health still be, you know, fucking with us sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I want to check in with you ladies and see how's your mental health been? How's your week been? Any struggles, any celebrations that you'd like to share? Any of that? <laughs> I'll go. Um, my week it has been great. Um, I went to a concert at the House of Blues in Boston last night. Um, I've been living Ooh, my nice. best life. My my mental state is where I need it to be right now. So who did you see in concert? Oh, Devito. I have no idea that is. African, but it was really good. Oh, yeah, he's Nigerian. It was really good. Oh, is that how you say his name? I think I know you're talking about it. I always or thought it was just like David O. <laughs> my my friend says it uh, Davido, but I just can't bring myself to say it that way. So I say Davido. I always thought it was just like David O. And like maybe they he didn't want to put it. Yes, that is so much. So I have a question for you. Um, are you a basketball fan? I I am a basketball fan, and it, it hurts. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I am a die-hard, die-hard Celtics fan. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Right. How did that happen? Look, everybody was shocked. Die-hard Celtics fan. Warriors are my number two. But, um, yeah, so I was also hurt. But the only reason it didn't hurt that bad is because it was to the Warriors, and you know they're my my second favorite team and the home team. I can respect, but it still hurt a lot. And, yeah, uh, it was rough. It was rough. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta fight for it, you know. But hey, we we got there. We didn't we didn't get the dub. Right, it happens. Right. I'm ready for next season. Same. 
Me too. When you said, when you said, uh, when you sent the email back and you said you were in Boston, I was like, I have to ask. I have to ask. Yeah, and you, you almost, when someone's from Boston, you almost don't have to ask. But there are those few Boston people that will disrespect the teams and, you know, the Boston pride and go elsewhere. But nine times out of ten. <laughs> what, are you try- what are you trying to say, Sean? I was going to say, what are you trying to so say? you mean what, like, all the Warrior fans say about me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. But that's okay, because you like the Celtics, so you have a pass. But, like, I don't watch yeah, hockey. I don't watch hockey, but go Bruins. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of I feel that. I'm from Philly, so, you know, I don't actually even like New York sports teams. I still... I'm a Philadelphia sports fan. And so, well, I <laughs> and I, I like the Brooklyn Nets. Well, um, we still love her though. Did it hurt? It, it hurt us when we had Kyrie too. So don't 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 worry. I felt that thing because <laughs> I thought Kyrie was gonna be it, and he was not. Oh, that's hilarious. But I will say, uh, Philadelphia, Embiid is my, Embiid and Braun, my least favorite. My least favorite players. I mean, I just, you know, I, okay. I'm a, it's your show, so I'm going to let you hear <laughs> You know, I'm going to always show respect to the host. <laughs> I'm going to let you do that on over there. <laughs> But also, I'm looking at you like. Mm. <laughs> but also, it's cool, girl. <laughs> I look. Let's talk next year. We're gonna have to come back and have like a basketball conversation next final. I mean, really, free BG, free Britney. You know, like at this point, absolutely. I'm just like, let's you know, when we talk about basketball, let's also definitely talk about women's basketball. You know, I said I was going to make a concerted effort. Um, this like upcoming season to watch women's basketball because I've never had a thing against women's basketball. I used to play basketball myself, which is why I mm-hmm. love the game. But I've never made an effort to watch women's basketball. And go so, to the game. Go to a game. It's I've like never even been to a, a any basketball, like a professional basketball uh, game. That's also on my bucket list. But yeah, I think that is something like I want to make a, a specific effort to do. This mm-hmm. coming up season, because why am I not supporting women's basketball? Like, it's, I, and it's, it's fun. No it's you know, I mean, the competition, the level of professionalism. I mean, the women. I was just at a Liberty game a couple of weeks ago. I have homies that have like you know season tickets, so they'll slide me a ticket every now. You know, it's fun. It's like a really fun you know, outing. And then also, I mean, they be balling. They be balling. That's right here balling so you know uh, I, I am here for this plan um I love that I love that you had a great week Shawnee because we deserve it for no other reason but us being mm-hmm. we deserve to have a great week so that is beautiful uh Jamila and Elle what about you how was your how are you guys doing how are you ladies doing um in your mental health areas I'm good. I had a, uh, I had a stressful last couple of weeks. Mm. I had COVID. Mm. Got over COVID. It was 
it was mild, but just sucked being in COVID jail again. Right. Um, and then I had a big, a really big, busy, crazy work week. Um, but I ended my week by flying, well, I was supposed to fly, by going to DC for a day party with my girls and then flying oh. home. <laughs> that sounds like fun. So that was a blast. Yeah, I'm well, one, I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, because again, like I haven't had COVID, but obviously it's not fun. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy that you're feeling better and have been removed from COVID jail. <laughs> Just in time to hop on a plane and go to DC. What about that? Talk about timing. Look at God. Right. Mm-hmm. He's gonna come through. Look he at a Soka day party. party. <laughs> <laughs> look at what a Soka day party will look do. Look at right. <laughs> he said, boo, you have earned this time. Yeah, you worked really. hard in COVID jail for this time. Real. <laughs> well, I'm glad your your week ended better than it began. Thank you. Yes. And Elle, how are you doing this week? So this week was good. You know, I, you know, similar to Jamila, I've had some, you know, very busy, really the last couple months, really the last couple years, like, you know, like my whole life <laughs> time is just at this point, time just really feels like an illusion at this point. Um, and so, you know, I really do be taking a day, you know, week by week, but also day by day. Um, but this week as a whole, you know, I was able to accomplish some things that felt really good. Um, and then I ended the week at the beach and that beautiful, that got me back to center. It, I mean, it just, it was it refreshed me in like all of the ways that I needed refreshment um, because I was feeling thirsty. Bitch <laughs> <laughs> was parched. I was parched. I was dry. And <laughs> I was just like, you know, um, and so I'm always just reminded of how much like, you know, going back to the earth, putting my feet in some grass, you know, or just being at the water. And I mean, I dipped myself all the way in. It was what hot. Did you go to? Where you think I went? Gunnison? No, or the other. Oh. <laughs> Reese. Um, so, you know. Out. I forget New York has beaches. Oh, we I'm definitely beach have beaches. Tomorrow. I'm going to the beach tomorrow, too. Well, let's, let's talk go. about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I went to the beach. You know, I was with my peoples. I was able to just you know, be in my element, and that felt really good. And so I felt like it really propelled me um, into the weekend. I also had a friend visiting from Atlanta, um, you know, like a cistern. So that also, you know, so I just, I'm just very thankful for each day that I have that I'm able to, you know, enjoy some life and, you know, but also it, it these last months, it's just, it's, you know, it's just been a lot. It has really been a lot. So a whole lot. I'm just glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> The beginning of quarantine, uh, like March, April, May, 2020, um, I was off of work. Uh, and so we went to the beach like every week. And then I, that was the first time I was like a beach person. And mm. I realized like how much of a reset it is going out there. And like, it just kind of clears things 
so I can come back to the city and deal with whatever bullshit was happening mm-hmm. <laughs> that sent me out to the beach in the first place. Um, so I definitely understand what you what you say um, to to refresh and reset uh, everything while you're out there. Put your feet in the water. I dug for clams once. I was very high. Mm. Yeah, that's really fun. We had a lot. I, I mean, just water activities in general are just—they're mm-hmm. healing, you know. Whether it be putting your feet in a stream, a lake, you know. There's, you know, we're blessed over on the East Coast to have <clears throat> different bodies of water that we have access to, you know. And so, definitely going to the ocean. But you know, I love a good swimming hole. So you know, I'm the person in the summer that goes upstate. And you know, finds like a little swimming hole. <laughs> I might. What is I would really hole? need like water shoes. So, because it's always like the icky, sticky bottom of a pond. Right. Or, That's what it sounds place. like. It sounds like you in the lake with the with the fishes. No, and... I mean you, you might be. You, might be. You, you definitely are. You definitely you are. Actually, you definitely are. You definitely are. But like a swimming hole is basically just a natural body of water. That is, you know, sort of back in the mountains. So. I'm not against a swimming hole. I would just want some water. It's cold yeah. as hell. You better bring a swimsuit, like a. Yeah, like you have to, you you know, have some water shoes. Have, but it's also nice, like the journey of getting to the water hole. Um, so upstate in upstate New York, there's just like all of these different little watering holes in these places. So you kind of like hike up a little road, and then you like. You know, then you're in a forest and then all of a sudden there are all of these like waterfalls and all of these things that you're like, wait, this was here. (laughs) And so and people swim there and they've been swimming in these places since, you know, the beginning, you know, when the indigenous folks, you know, Uh were helping to, to steward the land. So, you know, it's these are like just beautiful, wonderful creations of nature. Absolutely sounds like it. But I got to think about bugs <laughs> and and wildlife. <laughs> yeah. So this all sounds like a beautiful picture that I would want to see from my house. Jasmine, have you ever been camping? Oh, I don't do camping. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do camping. No, 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 no. I think I, went to, I, went to, I went to Coachella. <laughs> And we, and we had to camp in like a tent and it was an experience. I mean, that's uh, real camping. And that's, that's like- something that I prefer to never do again. Um, I, I'm very, a little bit a germaphobe. And the Coachella camping I can imagine was like- I brought a whole box of baby wipes from Target, like the the, with the, the cardboard box with the handle mm-hmm. on the two sides and use most of it. Mm-hmm. I don't like being dirty. <laughs> like it is it is one of my biggest pet peeves being dirty. Like if I could, look at I'm scratching right now, just thinking You're like, oh, I can't. <laughs> no, no, no. So, you know, I did it so I could say that I did it and I am not against glamping maybe possibly once in my life. But I would need time to like build up the courage. Well, glamping is, I mean, glamping is basically a house, you know, like, you know, you maybe you have a nice yurt. So a you what? Know, you, you, <laughs> not a yurt. No, no, I mean, no. Have you seen these luxury yurts? <laughs> what is like, a yurt? <laughs> 
So a yurt is sort of a round, <laughs> circular living space, but it is like, I mean, they're perched in like the middle of nowhere with these amazing views, but they're like real, they're airtight. So you're like kept warm in the winter, you know, there's plenty of breeze in the summer and they are nice. Like look up like on Airbnb, like luxury yurts and you'll see, I mean, it's glamping to me, like, you know, glamping is kind of like having a cabin, you know, but like for real, for real glamping, people spend lots of money to have these like really beautiful setups and all these places. You have running water, you have like an outdoor shower. It's like so nice. Yeah, we definitely need outdoor showers. Let me tell you, at Coachella, they had those porta party showers and I swear Ooh. I still have nightmares about them. Still <laughs> have nightmares. Like, and I'm like... <sighs> Did you go this year? No, I went Beyonce year. Oh, baby. Yeah. Um, it was an experience. As soon as we got home, I took like a three-hour shower. <laughs> <laughs> but I, did you have fun? I did. I had a great time, an amazing time when I was not worried about being dirty. <laughs> it did I could also imagine it's like dusty out there. I mean, you know, but would you do it for Beyonce? Dirt. I mean, we, do a, we will do a lot for There's for a lot I would do for Beyonce. You know. Actually, you know, and don't, you guys are going to look at me crazy again. Uh-oh. So, before <laughs> <laughs> you, it won't be us. Don't do mm. it to yourself. Right. No, I love Beyonce. Don't, absolutely love Beyonce. Don't get me wrong. But I was more excited yeah. to see Eminem because I grew up listening to Eminem. Like, that's all my, my brother's. My nephew's mom, me and her were together all the time, and that's all she listened to. So I was very excited to see Eminem. Beyonce had a great show. I had a great time. But who did I go to see? Eminem. <laughs> okay. I mean, I kind of felt like after she did Coachella, Coachella was done. I was like, Oh, yeah. You know, no, I have no need to. Nobody needs to go to Coachella anymore because she <laughs> has done her thing. And that's it. It's over. Yeah, like who could who could Nope. Yeah, no, I yeah. never need to do it again. I mean, a one and done, but at least you you were there for like the miraculous reception of Bay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I would I will say that if I had went to that one and Beyonce wasn't there and she was going to another one, I would possibly go to another Coachella for Beyonce. But I'm very happy I got I would, Eminem I and Beyonce all in one. But if I go to Coachella for Beyonce, I better be staying in a luxury yurt. Yeah, we need to have nice accommodations. <laughs> we will never be camping again. I will never. I have. There's absolutely no need for me to be that dirty. Ever. I mean, I, I've always wanted to do Burning Man. Like, that has always no. been a you know, thing that I have on my list of, of places to experience. It and sounds like it's just going to be so much ash floating around in the air. And it's it's, get but, it's, but it's everything. Everywhere. But so, but I feel like, you know, you have to just, some at, at a certain point, you have to surrender. Like, you there know what like, it's going to be. I was coughing up dirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, when we got home and, like, you blow out your nose, it's black because there's oh. just dirt. It was horrible. How many days were you there for, like camping? Uh, three. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We were down there Thursday night, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
and then I think you leave Monday morning. Was the, was the traffic just a nightmare too? The whole thing sounds like it was. Yeah, but I wasn't driving, so. Yeah. I can deal with traffic if I'm not driving. I've never been to Coachella. I think that I've aged out at this point. <laughs> yeah, I went when I was like 26 ish, and I felt like I was aging out at that point. Like most. I kids. mean, to me, that still feels like, you know, young. No, I looked around and most of the people were like, very much younger than me <laughs> so now i'm like yeah girl i can't hang like that i can't we don't do three-day festivals no more no mama needs showers she needs nice th- she needs her moisturizers you know she needs to be able to take a seat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> i want a nice chair when i want it <laughs> i never want to live it again it was uh an experience i can say i did it and don't need to do it again I had a really good time at the Lovers and Friends Festival. We didn't have a festival. We had a concert out here. They only had, was it like a festival out there? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be a good time because, I mean, like, that's my whole childhood. Like, I know all of the songs. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, really I'm good. very happy that festival season is back. Um, I went to I went to my first festival this season already. Uh, in the uh, beginning of May, beginning of May. Uh, Which one? Full Bloom is like R and B festival in Sacramento. Mm. Yeah, it was amazing, uh, amazing. And I made it was two days, not three. And, and you stayed in a nice hotel. I stayed at my brother's house because he lives in Sacramento. Oh, even better. You're right. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Freeze in the budget. Yes, oh. yes, yes. And so there was like showers, bathrooms, <laughs> breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have learned from air Coachella. conditioning. You know, yes. mm-hmm. oh, I brought my little fan. I have a little fan. Although I think it broke. No, I think it died. It's uh, like a like a little portable fan. Yeah, you wear it around. It, it straps around my neck and it just sits right there. Best thing in the world. Amazon for like twenty bucks. I was like, good lord. Can't ever let this thing die. Um, I don't even know how we got here. Not mad at it though, um, because see, you know, I think it's the mojilato. It always makes me get back to the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna take another hit, and then we're gonna get into this blunt talk. Kidding. <clears throat> um, yeah, because. Why not? Um, So I don't even know if we said like what you ladies do or like what what you're what you're working towards here. So um, tell us about the Stash Queens and how first let's start with the origin story and like what it is that you guys are trying to build here. Not trying. I'm sorry. What you guys are building here. So. You know, we originated on a trip um, for Jamila's birthday uh, last year when we went to Aruba. And we were, who we went, you know, for Jamila's birthday, we, you know, did a little trip and it was 11 of us. And, you know, just sort of sitting around, chilling on the beach one night, you know, we're, you know, sort of talking about what's happening with cannabis. I mean, at that point, cannabis had just been legal here. Um, in New York for about a month. 
And so it was real new. I mean, literally to the point where I feel like just regular people on the street didn't even know that it was like really fully legal. Like folks were still really processing it. Um, and just, you know, our group of friends, you know, everyone is sort of plugged in already within our careers, especially the folks that are here in the city. Um, you know, we're just in the industries that we're currently in right now for our nine to fives. Um, you know, it was sort of a time of like, hmm, like maybe this is something that we should really be thinking about and considering. And so we started talking and that conversation on the beach then led to us having a Zoom meeting <laughs> uh, about two weeks later. And then um, Shawnee could talk a little bit about how we created the name of Stash Queens. Um, it was actually a lot of fun. I can't remember which one of the Stash Queens brought it to the table, but we just started throwing out different words or feelings or emotions that we associated with smoking um, or cannabis in general or, you know, anything that had to do with that, basically. And then from there, we started picking favorite words amongst the word groups. And um, I can't remember. I think Stash was up there and Queens was up there. And someone said oh we could you know we were talking about you know queen's stash and it was because it was a new york based company it kind of sounded like maybe we were coming only from queens and we wanted it to like sound more versatile and the next thing you know we said well what about stash queens and it kind of stuck and i'm actually obsessed with it i think it's <laughs> my favorite thing i've ever heard um, it's so clever, um, and it tells you exactly who we are and what we're doing, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, so that was the origin of the name. It was just kind of like playing around with different words we associated with the plant and the, the process and who we are. So that was fun. And then it was like that light bulb moment, like, oh, this is it. It was. And, I mean, yeah. again, we started originally with seven uh, people, seven friends, and then that went down to this like current set of five. And so, you know, we got on the Zoom and just, you know, started meeting weekly and putting a schedule together and, you know, putting the business together, all of the things, you know, that you need to have in place in order to have a functioning viable business. So bank accounts and, you know, lawyers and, you know, learning from people and talking with folks and really just sort of immersing ourselves in the business. I love that. I think one of the um, main things that really drew me to your guys' uh, page and what you guys have going here um, was that it was a group of you and a group of Black women doing this together and building this community. Um, that's exactly what they say we cannot do. Mm. They, they tell us all the time that black women cannot work together and make something successful. And they show us that picture all the time. And, you know, I, in my one of my last recordings, I was talking to the girl, like, when I first started this, I was actually very surprised 
at all of the positive feedback or the, hey, here's an idea, or hey, have you talked to this person from other black women that I got unsolicited? Because I was so used to the narrative of black women can't work together that me even being a black woman and like I've done other businesses with people plenty of times before. This is the first time I really was like, that's a lie. (laughs) Like, that's just what you show us. But there are tons of black women working together and making beautiful things. Absolutely. And those are just, we're, we're just not seeing those things. So when I came across your guys, I was like, I have to, I have to, have to, have to do this. Because this is exactly what we're looking for. This is exactly what um, the world needs to see is black women doing the damn thing, doing it mm-hmm. together, making shit work and figuring the fuck out. Even when I know y'all are against roadblock after roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And we haven't even talked, but I know for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> that is what life has been, right? But it's about persevering through all of that. And to do it as a group, I think that is just, it's just a very beautiful thing that you guys have here. When I enter a room and I see another black woman there, I'm like, okay, I know that this shit's going to get done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, right. know that, I know that I'm going to leave here with a fucking solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to work out. We figure shit out. Like, that is what we do innately. Like, because we've had to. And efficiently. (laughs) And, you know, without a whole lot of guff and mess. And usually when we have to, like, brody up, it's because somebody has inserted themselves and has made it more difficult for us to actually get the work done. So, (laughs) even though we'll show you the door with grace. Mm -hmm. Truly. I'm working Um, on it with grace. I'm I'm working on the with grace. I haven't quite mastered that part yet. I was <laughs> my tone gets me in trouble so much, and I'd be like, I try to sound nice, and they're like, you don't. <laughs> you, you you can hear how I mean, sometimes you think he the person is. Nice. Yeah, sometimes sometimes he need not be nice. Yeah, those are tough decisions. But Very true. Good. But I tend to default to not nice, <laughs> or at least well, look. I think I'm nice, and I try my best to put it as nice as possible, but I also don't believe in sugarcoating anything. Like, mm-hmm. I believe in giving facts. And if that hurts your feelings, like, I don't really know what to do about that. Because I'm not passing judgment, I'm giving facts. <laughs> like, this is what I it mean, is. simultaneously, we as Black women are being asked to be soft. We're asked to be hard. We're asked to be strong. We're asked to be, you know, people come to us looking for, you know. Everything everything you know and so that constant balancing act of knowing when to you know because just for ourselves we need to be soft right Mm -hmm. but also there really are times that you have to have a particular tone and bearance um because you have to get done what you need to get done um and so it's always sort of toggling between sort of the spectrum of all the ways that we need to show up in the world um, and so what I think has been really great about working with this team is that we all are friends. Um, and so we've been very cognizant about um, sort of the, the underlying foundation of friendship that we have and respect that we have for each other and love that we have for each other. Um, and so, you know, really, it's been very beautiful working uh, with my friends. And, I, you know, I'm, you know, never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I did not start 
you know, after graduating from college, you know, I, I didn't want to necessarily go corporate, but I knew that, you know, I didn't have this like inclination to be an entrepreneur. Um, and I, you know, I'm so glad that the, the time that I actually did decide to do this work and to step out on faith um, in a new industry, it's with people that I love and respect and we're a team. So we can help each other out and it's not just all on me. It's not just all on Shawnee or Jamila, you know? I was going to ask, do you think it would be, I, I think you pretty much answered it, but I was going to say, do you think it'd be easier to work with um, black women that you don't necessarily have that personal connection with because you don't have to worry about having that personal connection or easier to work with somebody who you do. But uh, I think the answer is definitely the personal connection um, because it's We have like, shared values, you know, right. and so that helps and, you know, that certainly helps. Um, you know, I we've seen each other in all different ways and yet even as friends, we've still had to navigate all the things that you have to navigate with each other when you're on a new team. So having to be held accountable um, feels very different in a friend vibe when it's like, oh, I needed you to like do this thing. But in a business mindset, it's like, oh, actually, I really needed you to like turn this thing in. But <laughs> also, I, I think that there is, um, there is a mutual respect for why, what each person brings to the table. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody understands that us for us in order for us to be successful, um, that skill set that they bring to the table needs to be on a hundred and ten percent constantly, and that's going to what be ultimately what pushes us forward. I mean, at the end of the day, we're applying for a license that's going to be highly competitive, mm -hmm. and um, we have to make sure that we bring our A game. Mm -hmm. that much more because we're small because we're independent operators and so whether it's and self-funded yeah and self-funded <laughs> let's let's not forget you know, that piece self-funded and we've managed to get ourselves up and running we have lawyers we have consultants we have advisors mm -hmm. we have mentors we've done an accelerator program um we've done everything that we can to make sure that this is a success but it takes everybody being at their A game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think maybe this is just because again, I, I work alone. So I don't know what it's like to work on a team like this, but I would think that knowing who the person is that you work with um, could only be an advantage. Um, because well, it's a disadvantage if shit yeah. went goes wrong, you know. Huh? Or like well, when I mean, I, when I say mean, knowing them, knowing who they are at the, like you said, that those core values and mm -hmm. those things like that, like I feel like knowing those things about a person, so the things you would know about a friend, can only be an advantage versus working with somebody that you just met off the street. Like, yeah, they look really good on paper, but I don't really know them. I don't know what their intentions are. I don't know what their values are. I haven't seen them display those values, whereas your friend you have, or at least a friend that you're getting into business with, I would hope you have. Um, but but they're not, there's some friends I wouldn't get into business with. Exactly. And there's still, people that I love, and they're still friends that I love. And, right. You but know, you know they're that they're together. not going to be able to, to stick up to this level that we need. Like you said, I don't think you're going to be able to bring your A game every single day like we need. So I love you. 
we can have a party together. You know, we can go out and drink, but maybe we don't make money together. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. Love that. I think, um, like I said, I think the most, one of the most important things um, in building community is showing others that there are others out there and they're doing it and they're doing it successfully. Um, and that's y'all. You know? And that's actually a lot of other black women and brown yes. women in New York City. I mean, you know, I'm thankful that you reached out to us, but also there are folks that have been doing this, you know, even before us and folks that are, you know, simultaneously and in parallel, you know, doing the same things that we're doing. And so that feels really exciting to sort of be in this moment Um you know, when we go to conferences and we're connecting with other folks through this accelerator program, like, you know, folks are just as motivated, excited, studied as we are, you know, Mm -hmm. they are, um, you know, folks are really out here trying to carve a seat for themselves. And you learn so much from each other and creative and different ideas of how you can partner together. Mm -hmm. It's invaluable. And that's what I, I like, ultimately, um, I've never been the type to want a seat at the table. I want to, I want my own. You want to build your own table. Yeah, I want my own. I want something that I built that, and, you know, I understand why people, you know, quote unquote, want to seat at the table. I don't knock you for that. I think everybody has different goals mm-hmm. for me i don't want to see the table because i don't want you to give me something and i want mm-hmm. you to ever be able to say you gave me something no i worked my ass off for this and yeah i probably had to do it 10 times harder than you because i'm a black woman but that sucks but that is what it is it is it is literally factual that is what we have to do and so that's what i'm going to do to get what i want mm-hmm so yes, it sucks that I'm at a disadvantage, but I'm not gonna let that stop me from doing what I need to do to overcome that disadvantage. And that's why we're starting Stash Queens because we want our own, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we, you know, that has been a really great part about working with this team um, over the, you know, I just realized that we're, we just crossed a year of working together and congratulations thank you um and so and again it's been weekly and we all have you know we all have you know current positions that we're in um that we're looking to navigate uh you know to our future you know retail dispensary so you know it's like we're all balancing a lot and so that also feels like a really supportive thing too because we're all doing we're all taking this leap together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's gonna mean some really major shifts for us personally, um, financially, <laughs> you know, but um, I feel really I feel really excited about um, sort of stepping out. And to be honest, I don't know if it hadn't been for the pandemic and sort of what sort of has shifted in this time because of that. Um, I don't know if I would have just stepped out and and pursued this had it not been for, you know, sort of the sort of the 
you know, turn the light off and sit your behind down moment of quarantining and like, you know, just really uh, focusing on what felt most important and how I wanted to live my life, you know, outside of the house once we were able to. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. What does life look like after this? And then you mm-hmm. actually have the time to sit down and think about that. <laughs> yeah, Especially I, I, it, like it probably wouldn't have been the same. I know there's things that I, I will never say that thankful or grateful for the pandemic obviously because you know millions of lives were changed but if i had to find a positive there are a lot of things that this pandemic forced me to do Mm -hmm. um that have worked out in my favor and have put me very far more far ahead of where i was before and for that i am thankful for the making me uncomfortable enough to finally take those leaps, like you said, of faith, that I am uh, thankful for. Um, it's very refreshing to hear somebody else say something similar to that, because I always feel like very weird. <laughs> like, I don't want to say that I'm thankful for the pandemic, because I'm definitely not, but like... I no, I'm horrified by the pandemic. I think a lot of us, you know, it also exposed a lot of things that actually yeah horrible, right? Um, so, you know, but it was having even the privilege of being able to sort of take a seat down and, you know, take a sit down and like, you know, make sure that my family was safe and those that I cared about in my community were, you know, safe. But um, it's like when there's a shift in, in just the way that folks are even thinking about things like remote work and that being a thing, you know, folks were, you know, yes, there have always been people that have like worked from home, but now you know, like things have really shifted in society. And so, you know, it's like, if you have that opportunity to, to really sit and, and have some thinking done around like, what do I want to do? What's going to make me happy? How do I want to go about, you know, having my day-to-day life, you know, like, what am I leaving behind for the folks in my community that I care about? Um, and having a legacy and something that I feel proud about, um, that I created with my own hands and that I created with my team and my friends, you know, that I, I was allowed space to dream about that in this time. And so I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, beautiful. So tell us about what that process looks like, um, getting a dispensary up and running or started or the license for it. Well. It starts with, <laughs> I mean, that says it all. That's it hasn't it hasn't been easy, you know. We had to figure out what were what were our core values, what were we looking for in a dispensary, and how are we going to build that out from start to finish? And um, we did a whole exercise with a business model canvas. It took us months to do to complete. We turned that into a business plan. We're currently validating our business model canvas um, while simultaneously pushing out the Stash Queens brand. Mm-hmm. Um, Building our database. Yep. It's, you know, newsletters, SEO, marketing. Um, we did submit, submitted public comment on draft regulations. We've been putting together employee training programs, you name it. So it's a lot of work. 
Um, and we've also hired, um, using all of our own money, um, consultants that work with us on fine-tuning these things. We have mentors, we have advisors, we have a lawyer, a legal team that is working for us pro bono. So we've, um, we've definitely maximized every opportunity that we could get our little greedy paws on. We've met with venture capitalists. Mm -hmm. We've met with finance folks, real estate folks, you name it. Insurance. Mm -hmm. All this in a year. Y'all had a busy year. Plus a founder's yeah. agreement, plus, you know, <laughs> plus vesting, you know, owner, you know, talking about how, you know, how we want to retain ownership of this company moving forward. But also if you want to make the pivot to, you know, doing something else, how we can do that in a way that will be, you know, at the best advantage for us as our team and our brand. Um, so, yeah, but it's, you know, I like to, you know, because I feel like as soon as, we were sharing with our friends and family that, you know, this was something we want to do. People were like extremely excited about it and was like, okay, so when can we actually like buy, when can we start buying weed from y'all? Um, and you know, there's like, in addition to us taking this opportunity and this time to build the business, sort of the framework for how we're even going to be able to do that is still being formulated and still being put together by the state. So you know, we're trying to use this time really wisely and prudently um, so we don't burn out um, and that we can go the distance. Right, because uh, it was legalized. You started a year ago, but it was legalized, what, right before that, right? Or a year before that? It was made legal last year. Oh, so the same year that you guys started. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it's definitely, everybody's on a learning curve. Yeah, but there's no, there's currently no active retail sales. Cultivation licenses just uh, were awarded and they have not yet come out with the application for retail dispensaries. So while you can buy weed at almost any smoke shop in New York City, technically it's illegal for them to be selling it to you. I, I was going to say, so then where do you buy, where, I'm confused. Well, I mean, um, we're all still getting from the, the, the plug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or actually, you know, up in um, on the indigenous reservations up upstate New York, um, because they're their own, um, they have their own sovereignty. They've been actually able to have retail sales, mm -hmm. uh, but they can only sell it on the reservation and on, you know, their indigenous land. Um, so they, you know, indigenous communities in New York definitely have a head start on everyone else, which great, you know, um, and I'm glad for that. Um, and also, you know, you can get it at a smoke shop. They also, you know, people in New York are going to just, you know, they're going to find a way. So, you know, they have like different shops now that, you know, you can pay a fee, like a day fee, you know, and you basically go in and. You know, it's almost like they sell you a piece of digital art and then as a gift on the side, they like give you the amount of, of herb that you're looking for. Um, and all of those places are operating, you know, le illegally. Um, but people are going to find a way. But I think, you know, thinking about what a, you know, legal retail dispensary will look like um, in neighborhoods in New York City is like, oh, wow. You know, there's a lot of planning 
Um, and especially on the community side, you know, like we want to make sure that, you know, communities know who we are. You know, we also want to make sure that, um, you know, our values, um, you know, fair labor and, you know, everyone getting paid equitably and health benefit, you know, all those things that actually um, can really support our, our future employees. We want to make sure all of that is together. Um, and we just want to live our values, you know, through this business. Um, and I think we're going to be able to do that. Um, <coughs> do you, um, I'm trying to think back like when, I'm trying to think of how to ask this question. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to think of. Why do you think there is, because you guys have medicinal dispensaries, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So why do you think there's such, uh, like, why can't they just duplicate what they have there into retail dispensaries? I mean, they will, um, you know, the, the, the medical companies will be able to have, you know, up to a certain amount of retail, of, of a retail dispensary license for them to be able to sell both medicinal as well as recreationally. Um, but, you know, New York is a city of, you know, I mean, we, we don't have Walmart here for a reason, right? Like, going to a big chain store to buy weed, I mean, it, it works for some folks, it works in some places, and I'm sure that there will be, like, the Disneyland of herb here at oh, some point, sure. like, in right? Times Square. Smack in the middle of Times Square. You know, that's going to be, like, the prime location, but, you know, there are a lot of local mom-and-pop shops in New York. It's actually what really makes a very beautiful part of the fabric of living here, you know, um, having, like, restaurants where people really do know your name, you know? Like, the bodega down the block, they know me. They know my order. You know, we, you know, we exchange pleasantries about our lives and our days. And so that kind of, like, local, um, trusted uh, community person, like, we want to be that for folks. Um, particularly here in Brooklyn, so. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking because most of the dispensaries that I go to out here are like, there's more than one location. So it's not the, they're the bigger, I wouldn't even call them big box stores, but like, you know, the bigger uh, uh, dispensary names out there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, they serve a purpose for folks, right? Like, you know, and Shawnee, maybe you can talk a little bit about like, you know, just from your experience of working in a dispensary now, like what people are looking for. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's a little different in mass because places that are medical can offer discounts. So they automatically have an upper hand, but not everybody wants to have a medical card and have that, you know, record of that. Um, some people want to be able to anonymously walk into a dispensary. And I would say for out here, um, the market is becoming quite saturated with dispensaries and there aren't many shops that only have one location. Um, but people do have their regular spots, you know, it's like out of convenience or because they know the bud tenders or because they always have the strain that they like, you know, people will definitely frequent the same dispensary. 
Um, but a lot of times you will see that the loyalty program is what's bringing people back. So it'll be interesting to see how New York approaches that in a recreational market. Um, will they be allowing discounts and bundles and those sorts of things to kind of draw people in? Um, mm. But we, we don't know those things yet. So that's unfortunate. I forgot um, that you're not in New York as well. So um, I know you are fully recreational in Boston, but um, are you guys, do you guys have retail stores out there as well? Or is it just the medicinal ones? Yeah. Okay, awesome. I work at a location that is both med and rec. Um, so you definitely see some co-located, um, some are, there are medical dispensaries that I don't even know about because I don't have a med card. Um, so that being said, some places you can get both, but most of them are adult use, you know, recreational use dispensaries. But I mean, they're everywhere. So, and how do you choose one over the other if they can't really run deals and stuff? I mean, I guess you pick based on convenience and bud tender experience at that point. Um, so when you say they can't run deals, what do you mean? Like I can, as a, as a med customer, I could walk in and get two pre-rolls, buy one, get one for a penny. That deal does not exist in a recreational market. You will never get anything for a penny. Why? Uh, it's just the way the law is written. You can discount the medical side, but you can't discount the recreational side. See, there's that, there's that weird thing I've been talking about. Like there's always something weird or to me sounds weird here from here in California. Yeah, because we, we got deals all the time. I, most of what I buy is on sale. <laughs> I mean, luckily because I'm in the industry, I do still get deals personally, but regular rec customers are, are certainly not walking into these great prices that they can offer on the medical side. But not everybody yeah. wants to get a medical card. I always ask, where's the where's the last chance box? Because the last chance box is like, they only have one left of whatever it is, and they'll give it to you for 30% off. It's amazing. I love it. It's my favorite box. I've never heard of a last chance box. <laughs> I love that. That's crazy. You, so you just got to pay full price regardless. I'd be getting my medical card too. Full price plus tax. Right, and tax, I already know tax is insane everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, here in New York, it's going to also be interesting to see, like, how folks in the legacy market, you know, like, I think that folks will still be buying from their plugs for a while, you know, depending yeah. on what the prices yeah. will look like if they're not, you know, I mean, even in New Jersey, they were sort of, you know, going to the dispensary, you know, for some folks was just didn't make sense for them, you know, because um, it just wasn't a, a good price. Yeah, I mean, I and out here, I think there's so much variety that, like, when things first went legal, um, I got my medical card. I'm trying to think, like, how long was it before I stopped, like, getting it from other people? It wasn't that long because the prices in the in the clubs were not. You can get the same thing from that from your plug. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that much of a difference. Like even now, my favorite brand. Their eighth is generally $22 plus tax. $22? Yeah, and then <laughs> the $22. <laughs> 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 
And then I ordered, because um, I ordered it online. This is my favorite brand out here. And when I got it, I was like, yo, this shit is huge. Like, did I get the extra large one and I didn't notice? Because this is five grams. And it's normally three and a half. Three and a half. Mm-hmm. And I went and looked back at my receipt. No, this was $22 for five grams. And I got two. I was like, I want to go. Is it on sale? Do I need to order more? Because what is happening? Is it good? I haven't tried this one yet. Um, it's a new what one. What is it called? This one is Spy Rock Sour. Yeah. And then, but there was another one that I had last night, and that was. Um, <laughs> that one was mm, uh, peanut butter souffle. That mm. one's pretty good. But yeah, twenty two dollars. And then I mean, they always have like this was I think a half an ounce for like thirty thirty five. But it's like the 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 local dispensaries weed, and so this kind is normally is cheaper. Um, the best I'm getting prices for is probably like. A hundred fifty to two hundred dollars an ounce. Mm-hmm. So, how many ounces is the, or how many eighths is that? I'm not good with the. <laughs> there's eight. There's eight eighths. Okay, <laughs> you eight see, you're high. Eight. <laughs> what? There's eight eighths. <laughs> In <and> out. <laughs> um, for how much? A hundred fifty to two hundred. And we share a plug at times, so and that's that's the that's best, bad, that's the best prices I can get. If I get delivery, um, you're probably looking at more like forty to sixty dollars an eighth. Yes, that's twenty five. That's not that bad. That's about. But is it like just one string? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I need. No, bread. you can mix and match. Yeah, it's true. Let you mix. He'll, he'll let you make that. It's true. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, I, no, 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 no. That's uh, a lot more expensive than here. Well, not what you're getting, but no discounts would make my life real hard. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll go get like the top shelf shit, but I hold on yeah, to like that. going into a dispensary and getting like a super joint. I want something. That's got some gooey center and that's rolled in keef. Mm-hmm. You know, like something nice and special. Kind of like when you're going to a friend's house for a nice dinner party and you want to stop and get a nice bottle of wine. I want to stop and get a fucking nice ass doobie. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love here. 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 No. <laughs> I love Peter. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> they have a the log. <laughs> I just don't even know how you survive with no retail stores. Well, how did you survive? With right. Okay. Store? But you know, I think about that, and I know I don't want like to. Asking, that's like our kids asking us how we. Right. You remember? I don't want to go back to that time, so I just blocked it out of my mind, like it never really happened, like I didn't have to live that life. Because now I'm just like, I can't even imagine not being able to just go down the street to the store. Not even go down the street to the store. I pull it up on my phone and order a delivery. 
that's exactly where we started that com- this conversation yeah. about like what it's going to be like for the youth them mm-hmm. growing up to have the to have never it know the struggle available. to never know the struggle to never have to wait three hours Ooh. for the guy who said he's coming to bring you a dime back. Right, said that he was around the corner and that was like three hours ago. And you yeah. call and now he ain't answering the phone. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Been there. Don't want to be there ever again. His, his weed was trash anyway. <laughs> you know it was. <laughs> but yeah. it's the only thing you can find. So now you got to deal with it. That's yep. what it is until you find a new plug. See, you and know? this is now how you know you're old. I don't ever want to go back to that life. You not know what the struggle was. Mm-hmm. Never. Never, never. And plus, I have so much more variety now. Like, there's so many different strains and different ways. And, it's and yeah, and different ways of consumption. Right. Mm-hmm. My pen goes with me everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. portable, light, discreet, wonderful. I mean, it's just, we've come up in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do really still love flower. There's something, like, really meditative about rolling and, you know, just sort of, it signals like the end of the day is here. Um, it, it it signals a transition in like whatever I'm doing. So I love still rolling flower. Um, but yeah, I like sublingual drops and I don't like those. Oh really? Yeah, no, they don't. I mean, they. I also again, it's one of those things that it's you have to find the right one for you. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I may not have found the right one yet, but uh, the few that I've tried, I felt a difference, but not enough of a difference to deal with that taste. So mm. I'd Is rather it the smoke. oily taste for yeah. you that you don't like? Yeah. But I'd I rather just smoke. So I just sort of like, I'll take sublingual drops and take my other tinctures, my, like my other health tinctures and stuff. And so it just sort of all blends together and or I'll have like some orange juice or something you know but I'm also a very picky eater so it probably goes to do like I don't flavor like edibles I do edibles sometimes but edibles like to attack me so (laughs) they like to attack everybody yeah so I'm very cautious with edibles because even the ones that I think I know what I'm doing, I somehow always end up overdosing myself. There's a brand I really like. Hmm? Camino. They're a California brand. I yeah. Think. I haven't tried anything. I know like what you're talking about. I've seen them. I just haven't, uh, the little like round jar thingies. Uh, but I haven't, I don't think I've tried those ones. Mm. Um, I have these ones, and mm-hmm. they hurt me, so I haven't, they've been sitting for a while. <laughs> so, good rule of, I feel like always the good rule of thumb is to, you know, layering is your friend, both in fickle weather and in edibles. So I like to, like, take the smallest amount first and then build. Yeah, but, you know... I be thinking I be knowing stuff. Like, oh, you you did this before. You took one last time and you barely felt it, so you could take two. That's fine. Mm-mm. It's not fine. It's not fine. 
Mm-mm. It's not fine. Well, I think in those I had took two, but I had took two before like another time and I was fine. Mm-hmm. But I took two and then I was still smoking joints. On top of it. On top of it. And I think that's because there came up, I was watching, I think it was game three or game two, one of those. And the whole court started spinning. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we got to lay down. We got to lay down. Like, I didn't know that they called me in as a sub. Okay. <laughs> when I get here? I did not know that I transported from California to Boston. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got to I. I sit down a little bit. Where's the CBD? <laughs> Something is wrong. <laughs> No, it's really horrible to have to come down when you've taken, when, when the edible oh. just hits a little too oh. hard, it's horrible. Yeah. So, But I'm also like trying mm-hmm. to perfect the art of making my own cannabis butter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. but I've, I've... There was that one time, there's that one time in Maui. <laughs> Oh, you tried making cannabis butter before? It's not easy. I always forget a step, and it's a different step every time. Oh no, Which we, we definitely did? didn't. For, we definitely didn't forget a step. Oh, we made we, we made the probably the most strongest fucking cannabis butter you ever had <laughs> in your entire life. I I need to know more because I'm not doing my shit right. So our friends, our mom's friend, uh, I guess has a farm and had a bunch of uh, flower trimmings um, that he wasn't going to use. And they were beautiful and organic and there was probably four pounds of it. Um, And we maybe took, I don't know, an ounce or two, like some ridiculous amount that we had pulled off and, you know, boiled our butter strained it, set it aside, made it cool, blah, blah, blah. Then I took the butter and I made this granola <laughs> with granola? chocolate you chips. buttering granola? And, uh, yeah. Oh. And granola bar? <laughs> you put, you roll the oats in it. Mm-hmm. With and all the spices and, spices and, the and nuts. nuts and chocolate chips and everything. And that shit was delicious. I was gonna say, it sounds quite it, tasty. Oh, it tore us up. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to put something. I literally lost 48 hours of my life. As a grown adult, <laughs> as a grown adult, I had to call out of work. I <laughs> was done. And I hadn't, It that was what, maybe, I'm going to say maybe like eight years ago. And only this year did I eat another edible. Did I try it again? I, I, I don't know Our what happened. I don't want it to happen Our again. Mother. It was brutal. Also, like a full body experience, you know? So I went there. I let it happen. And the problem was the granola tasted so damn good. That was the problem. It was like, right. I didn't eat just one little nibble of gr- Like I was eating fistfuls of granola and... <laughs> I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop until I was out cold. It was horrific. Um, our mother, our mother told us that we tried to kill her. She <laughs> ate some. She slept for twenty four hours, and we we're like, "Mom, are you okay? She's, you tried to kill me." 
That is a oh, whole mess. Oh, it's yeah. A granola. By accident. Oh, no. Yep. Poor little Obi. <laughs> Poor little Obi the Beagle. Mm. He had a little restful day. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, crazy. How much How much did you put in the butter? Like the uh, whole ounce? I want to say we put in at least an ounce, if uh, not more. And that's a lot. That's a lot. That's it a was a lot. lot of butter, too, though. We probably made, you know, like four sticks of butter. It was also trimmed from, like, Maui Wowie. <laughs> like, this was, like, oh. some outdoor, organically grown, like, beautiful. Yeah, it was, like, it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> that gave away my weed butter. Yeah, I gave mine away too. And the girl I gave it to called out of work the next day. I was like, I told you. I told you. <laughs> I tried to warn you. <laughs> that is crazy. It sounds like somebody needs to have like a side butter business over here because apparently she knows what she's doing. I do not. That or I'm going to hurt somebody. That is also Lord have mercy. That is awesome. I didn't know. We were just being reckless. Just put a big ass warning stick. What would you do if somebody handed you four four pounds of trim? <laughs> I would have to think about it for a while. Like you, you don't want to smoke it, but I was like, mm -hmm. start, you would start making. I start, know what to do with this. You would start some processing butter. and yeah. breaking it this down. This is mine. That will give to mom. This is we we picked out uh, all the little buds that we could. Little, yeah. Little dingle, dingleberries that we found. <laughs> Dingleberry. Separated out. There's pictures. It was beautiful. That sounds amazing. Yeah. It took us all afternoon. Me and Shawnee sorting the buds. <laughs> that is crazy. I made butter once, and I, I think I missed a step, but my roommate said, I didn't feel nothing when I ate the peanut butter cookies I made. My roommate said she was high as shit. Mm -hmm. But she had like, she's also like this big. And you know, mm -hmm. I'm not. So maybe that's why it didn't hit me as hard. I don't know. But she said she was high as shit. And I was like, well, I didn't even, I think that was the one that I forgot to, cause you, you're supposed to bake the weed first. And I think there was one yeah, time where I forgot to bake the weed. There was another time I left it on the water um, for like a really long time. And then I got worried about mold, so I just threw it, threw it all away. You gotta watch it like a hawk. Yeah. Like when you make butter, and I mean, even now it's like they have all these different infusers, the magic butter, like all these things that'll just do the work for you. But when you do it old school style, you have to like tend to it like a baby. Like I have, I like put a chair in front of the stove and I just sit and we just, it's like we're at a vigil, like waiting for it to all come together. Ugh. I'm going to try again. It's time intensive though, you know? It is very much time intensive. And then I end up, and then the first time I did it, I did like, don't ask me why. I did like four sticks of butter at one time. And then I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with all this butter? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm 
Like, I didn't. I, I, I put it into um, cupcake containers, like the little um, plastic or mm-hmm. not plastic, the little paper dishes that you um, bake cupcakes in. Mm-hmm. I put it in there and put that in the freezer, mm. and so they were individual little, like hockey pucks of sin. Well, that's a good idea. Hockey Oof. pucks of sin. <laughs> they were strong, boy. <laughs> it sounds like it. She lost the whole forty-eight hours. Mm. <laughs> you don't remember none of it. <laughs> no, nope, just going to sleep. That sounds like I like- don't remember. And I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> because it was like, it wasn't fun. Like, I didn't really want to be that high. You know what I mean? Like, and then when you're that high, you want to eat, right? But if you eat fatty foods, it actually makes you feel even more high because the, the they like bind to the fat and the food you've eaten. So all the things you want to eat that like you think will make you feel better don't. It was just like, it was tragic. So. I did not know that. You just taught me something new. Yeah. Um, that is that's hilarious. I aspire to be half of your cannabis butterness. I don't want to be all of it, just half. <laughs> um. So let's talk about uh, real quick. What is the goal and the mission of this of, of the Stash Queens? Where do you guys want to be in the next five years and all of that? I'll let our CEO <laughs> take it away. That does sound like a CEO question, in, huh? In five years, we won't just be a, a fully operational uh, multi-location dispensary in New York City with a well-known brand that um, where people want to shop and where people want to work. Um, but we'll also be uh, in full swing in developing our brand. Um, and that could lead to other projects that could be white labeling our favorite strain and um, selling it out here that could be creating our own gummy. Um, but we'll be the next step will be building out our own brand for sure. Mm-hmm. I love that. Will we ever get the super mega extra strength with a big ass warning sticker stick of cannabis butter? <laughs> I love super, it. A super joint and some um, extra powerful granola. Yeah, <laughs> those will be the, the two goals. <laughs> I love it. I will try it. I will absolutely try it. Um, well, you got to come to New York. So you I knew, to take no, as, as I was you saying take it back. Words, as I was saying the words, I was like, "They're gonna say you got to come to New York." Yeah, you got to take it back. <laughs> you don't want to come here. And Although, I just like know, try to like gloss over it. I try to no, no. But also, you know what? I'll even give no. you seats to a Nets game. What do I need those for? See, look, you getting invited to the Nets game what and everything. I, very, I got very nice seats. Ugh, I still have my Kyrie jersey, and I refuse to wear it. You can go when they're playing the Celtics. Oh yeah, so we can watch them beat them. Facts. There you Ideas. go. Ideas. There you go. I like how y'all frame it. You get chumps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. 
Um, I'm still stuck on. I, I, I visually see all y'all's faces when I said I was a Celtics fan. <laughs> all, hmm? <laughs> what? It was definitely a, cl- a pearl clutching moment. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. Yes. At all. <laughs> I get the most shit from people. They're like, how? How are you? Like, if you said I'm a Lakers fan, if you said I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan, if you. There were a million different things you could have said, but then when you said Boston Celtics, I was like, how? How did that come about? (laughs) Because my dad, when I first started watching, it was uh, the year that the the Lakers and the Celtics were playing in the finals. And um, that was like when I started watching, actually watching basketball. And my dad. Was it 94? Huh? Was it like 94? Oh, no, not that. 1994? Um. We can find out. 08. I think 08. Um, And my dad was a Lakers fan, and he was going for the Lakers, and I just wanted to be the opposite of him. And so at the time, it was the Celtics, and, you know, once you go there, once you talk shit, you can't go back. So Mm -hmm. ever since this was like in the – So this was like in the Ray Allen era? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kevin Garnett. Ah, yeah. we love KG. Well, I think that we have had a full ass fucking show. We've had we've talked about a range, a plethora of things here, and I've just fully enjoyed this conversation with you ladies. It has been a great time. Jasmine, thank you for having thank us. Thank you so much. Yes. And you know, I will always, you know, we will always plug our our stuff. You know, check us out on Instagram at Stash Queens. Um, website www.stashqueens.com. And we're there. Um, coming to a local community center near you to talk about and educate folks about what we're trying to do. Um, but I think we're really excited for the future. And so thank you for just helping us to, you know, connect and talk about, you know, our relationship to cannabis and our future plans. So thank you so much. Like what a platform you're building for yourself and for other black women. Thank you. Thank you. That that is exactly the point. Um, your mission is my mission, uh, to bring the, to destigmatize and normalize, um, cannabis for the black community, especially black women. Um, and so I feel like any way, shape or form that somebody is doing that, we need to talk about it. And we need to like, let people know like, Hey, support them, give them your money. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm all, I always say, give a black woman your money. Uh, always. More, before more of it. Always. Before we get out of here, um, always like to actually, <laughs> I just want to say that I was looking at the, the script this morning and I actually literally LOL'd when I read the thing about your mom losing her, her joint. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was one of my favorite childhood memories. Um, growing up, mom would like lose a spliff that she had been smoking the night prior and it would turn into a game of who could find it and we'd get little rewards for finding her spliffs and little did we know the the reward was the spliff 
That is hilarious. I can just imagine like, yeah, girl, I'll give you a whole dollar. Go find mommy's little thing. Look, better yet, I'll give you two. You find it before your sister. <laughs> that is hilarious. I love it. I mean, you know, the ingenuity. <laughs> My mom used to tell me, she's like, I did not have kids just for fun. I had them so that uh, they could turn the TV channel. That's what that so is. Go upstairs and go pick the or get this thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So why not just throw, go find mommy's uh, blunt real quick? I need it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I love it. That is hilarious. Yeah, that one literally made me laugh out loud. Um. So before we get out of here, we always end the show with a random ass question because what is highness without randomness? Um. And so I looked at my questions and because you guys all gave me different numbers and I was like, okay, we'll we'll just pick the best one. But I kind of like them all. So I don't know what to do now. (laughs) But um, random ass question. Jamila said number eight. And that was what is the worst pain that you've ever felt? Mm. It might have been when this little bitch broke my pinky. <laughs> that was pretty, that was pretty brutal. Um, but it might have been actually, um, I actually had appendicitis. Mm-hmm. And that was the, that was the worst pain I ever have been in. That was like a sharp shooting pain. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, turned to me and asked me, do, do you need to go to the hospital? And I said, yes. And it's like, when, when you say yes, when somebody asks you if you need to go to the hospital and you say yes, you, you fucking mean it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he took me to the hospital and they were like, um, they took a look at everything. They gave me a shot of morphine in my butt. And I was like, oh, I'm good. I can go home now. Like, I feel great. And they were like, nah. Um, you're going to be right here. You're going to be right here. You have emergency surgery at 7 a.m. That's, when, that's when your hours. appendix burst, right? Yep. That's what you decided Almost. Yeah. Got a $17,000 bill for that. Oof. It's ridiculous. But like, what, am, I, am I supposed to die? Like... No, don't die. Just pay this bill. Mm -hmm. I had to pay it. We saved your life. Now pay us this money. Right. Right. Um, Question number 10 is, uh, Elle, would you rather teleport or fly? Mm. Can I have both? I mean, I've wanted to do both. I mean, the teleporting would be great for getting places like most quickly, right? Like in an instant. I I can't pick, I can't choose. I want both both abilities. And because I'm a black woman, I can have what I want. I will be choosing both. so I will be teleporting to where I want to go and I will be flying and chilling and catching, you know, the bird's eye view. So I will have it all. Thank you. I feel like 
I can't really uh, argue with that boy. Like, made it real hard there. So she said, I'm going to do what I want. And either way, we're going to be all time. That part. <laughs> I feel it. I, I know, I guess... I guess it would be nice to have both because you could use them for different situations. This is what I'm saying. We're multifaceted people that need multiple ways to get to places we need to go. Honestly, if I'm thinking about what probably brought this question up, it was probably me sitting in traffic. Mm. And so I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. (laughs) And either of those options would be a better way. Flying seems so cool. Like, you know, I would just the the thought of having like the wind blowing beneath my wings. (laughs) I know it's so corny, but it's like, you know, I could just imagine that just being, you know, a real change of pace. But, you know, I also watch a lot of sci-fi and I love when they have that ability to just like, you know, snap their fingers and they're there. Like even old Star Trek, you know, when they would have, like, the little beam thing. I was always so fascinated by that growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, if so. I never had to sit in traffic again, I could not care less if it was because of flying or teleporting as long as I don't have to deal with traffic. Well, then move to New York then, and then you can again, make as up. I was saying it, I was like, <laughs> I have a feeling of what is going to come next, and you literally said it. Well, New York, we don't drive a lot. We, we... Well, no, people here drive definitely a lot, but like, you know, everyone takes the good old iron horse and gets on the subway, and so we don't have traffic like that. You don't... Yes. Not like LA, I can imagine. Or well, thank God, because I do not do LA traffic. <laughs> I would never leave my house. Um, And the last one, Shawnee, what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Um, I love this question. So I want to go thin mint, but sometimes the mint is too minty. So I'm going to go with the Samoa because I feel like it is always exactly how you expect it to be. Um, chewy, sweet. Yeah. A hearty, a hearty cookie. So that's what she won't agree. Like we're I'm, literally yeah. like nodding like the answers mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. The answer is sign me up for four boxes. Right. And you know the weird thing is I actually hate coconut. Um mm. the only time I eat coconut is coconut shrimp and samosas. Then you like coconut. No. Because those are very coconutty. I know it's very strange. But I like shrimp more than I hate coconut. And cookies. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> we it's with you there, girl. We the chocolate and caramel, and you just ignore the coconut. <laughs> yeah, I love it all together. It is such a complete cookie for me. Yeah, you. I. I try. I have tried to take the coconut off, and it is a exercise in you knocking your head against the wall. Mm-hmm. So we just say there's no coconut on here because. <laughs> I do not believe that there's coconut on here. And then you enjoy your cookie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The cookie is worth the coconut. 
See, do you see why I had to ask them all? I was like, I want to know all the answers to these. These are good. These yeah. are very good random questions. <laughs> I, I, I have some of the most random thoughts sometimes. And I was like, ooh, I should write it that down. Um, I think that's been a whole ass show. I appreciate y'all coming through and being open and honest and talking to us about your process to become um, just retail dispensary owners. So is the location going to be in New York or Boston? New York. New York. In New York. So once y'all are up and running, I'm going to have to make sure to let everybody know, hey, they're here. Go give them your money. Please. Right now, you can go give them their your support. You said you have an email list. You have um, an Instagram. We have, we have Instagram. We have our website. Um, you know, as we continue on with this process, we've been trying to share um, with folks that, that know us and that don't know us about what we're trying to do. So just continuing on that journey over these next months. I love it so much. And I wish you guys all the success. And um, I appreciate seeing beautiful Black women in community together uh, making a difference in their community. And that is just so beautiful. So I celebrate you. I congratulate you. Thank and I wish you, you all. You. And we celebrate you, girl. Thank you. Appreciate yes. you. So one more time, their website is www.thestashqueens.com. Instagram is uh, at stashqueens. You guys can follow us at Bluntly Black Girls on IG, Bluntly BLK Girls on Twitter. And visit the website because it is live. The Intentional Highness box is still on sale. So order yours. Um, comment, rate, subscribe. Talk to us. Let us know how you feel if you're in New York and you have any questions for the Stash Queens. Definitely make sure to leave a comment below because they like to talk. You see, we talk, right? So mm -hmm. do that. Um, smoke a blunt, drink your water, and fuck what anybody got to say about being a bluntly black girl and we're out. Bye.